All right, two hours down, one hour to go. Andy Kamenitsky filling in for uh, T. Raj. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Uh, we still have another giveaway that we're going to do here in, um, in in just a little bit, probably within the next half hour. So we got just one more giveaway left for our event at Harris Resort, uh, about two hours away from downtown Los Angeles. Uh, that's coming up in the next half hour, so so just make sure to uh, to tune in. Um, AK, I'm going to read off a couple tweets here. Um, Joey Jojo Shabadoo. He's the best. We need Mama Kamenitsky and AK's wife to do a podcast. It might not be a bad idea. I'm not going to lie. That's a good show. Okay. The, and what you were telling me off there, too, you're talking about just how she kept, like, explaining what was going on in the phone situation, and then she turns around and she's explaining. I see it all unfolding. Like, And she has such good intentions. Oh. And I see the whole thing unfolding and everybody saying, uh, we love you, too. Put the phone away, please. My my mom is seriously, she is maybe the most inherently kind person mm. I know. I mean, she is really, truly, like, upper one percentile of kindness. Like, I've never seen her ever go out of her way to be rude to somebody, much less actually be malicious. But... She can space out when it comes to things like that. She can, she doesn't see the full picture. Yeah. And again, she is a tech phobe, so she will not let anybody adjust her settings. She has to answer the phone every single time. By the way, too, whenever the phone rings, because, you know, now everybody just uses cell phones, and despite the fact that my mom's had a iPhone for a good 10 years or whatever, she's still frightened of it. Every time the phone rings, her immediate response is, oh, bleep. Every single time <laughs> the phone rings, because it's that frightening to oh, her. She worries that well, something's going to happen. Just having to deal with that iPhone, and you know, figuring out am I am I pressing the correct green button? Still a frightening experience for her. Okay, so the Dodgers uh, they got another game coming up uh, tonight, seven ten against the Twins. Um, I'll be there, and for some reason, because I went to one Rams game where they got trounced by the titans uh people think that i'm I'm bringing in a bad vibe into dodger stadium we'll find out in the next few hours or so let, let me just kind of go through what the dodgers have done in this nine game winning streak that they have right now okay nine game winning streak they beat the rockies by four the giants by six the giants by four the giants three to nothing the Giants five to three was the closest game over this nine game stretch was five to three. Padres eight to one, Padres eight to three, Padres four to nothing. Yesterday the twins ten to three. I don't have to sit here and read off the resume of the Dodgers. Their game speaks for itself. Uh put the big names to the side for a quick second. Mookie Betts, fantastic, we know that. Trey Turner, fantastic. We know that. Freddie Freeman batting over 320, doing whatever he's doing. The real question for the Dodgers was going to be, as the season progressed, okay, are these other guys going to be legitimate threats? Maybe you thought Max Muncy coming into the season, no problem. Justin Turner, no problem. Cody Bellinger, maybe get things going. Will Smith, we know how good of a player is. Gavin Lux, can he do it on a consistent basis? Everything seems to be clicking right now. Everything. And they not only look like the most dangerous team in baseball, but I think we're getting close to that. Uh, and there was an article, I think it was Dylan Hernandez that had this in the LA Times. You're really at a point in the Dodgers season where 
Um, and I know it's it's World Series or bust pretty much every year for the Dodgers. I, I don't know what excuse you can make for the Dodgers anymore because they're doing this with a lot of their, their – Kershaw's been in and out of the lineup. Walker Bueller's been out now for a couple of months. Um, go down the list of different players that have been in and out of the lineup. Blake Trinan, who you thought was going to be so key this season, has not been a part of this year. Dustin May still has not come back. I, I don't really know how much better they, don't they can get. They don't trust their closer. They don't trust their closer. It's that or at part. least fans don't, if nothing else. By the way, that is the only piece. We're, Trav and I were talking about this yesterday. Is is that really the only piece that you kind of feel a little uneasy about? And do you use this final month and a half of the season to say, let's try some different guys in that spot and let's just see what happens? But they, they've they've really, to be honest with you, AK, they've reached a point where you just expect them to win every single night. And you expect that by the time you get to the postseason. Yes, can anything happen? Of course it can. But how do you look at this Dodgers team if they don't walk away with a World Series this year? I mean, I cannot tell you how disappointing that would be for Dodger fans based upon what they've built. It absolutely would be disappointing. And I'm wondering now if maybe Dave Roberts is insisting on Kimbrell as a way of just keeping these guys honest. Because he knows if he takes Kimbrell out and he puts a better closer in, these guys are going to absolutely feel like they're bulletproof, and maybe they start to relax. But it's impossible to relax when Kimbrel goes out there to throw because you know anything could happen. So maybe just psychologically, Roberts is taking a few risks to keep everybody sharp. Yeah. But at the start of this season, am I, am I remembering it correctly? It was either this season or last season, but I think it was this season. Dave Roberts basically said it's World Series or bust. And guaranteed. Yeah. They'd win a World Series. Yeah. That he was putting the pressure on the team. That was this year. Right. It was this year. I don't think these guys sweat that pressure because they know how good they are. I think in their minds, they are supposed to win this thing. And, you know, is there is there an expectation with that that's pretty big? Sure. But I don't think they can – I don't think fans or media or people like us in a radio studio, whatever – I don't think anybody can create bigger expectations than they have for themselves. Like, they know how good they are. They're not far removed from winning a World Series, and they've only added pieces since winning that World Series. So I don't really think that – I don't think there's any problem with the idea of it being a letdown if they don't end up winning at all because nobody's going to be more let down than those guys. Like, I – Short of something like injuries happening, I think if they don't win a World Series, the clubhouse reaction is going to be more WTF, man. Mm-hmm. Like, how? Uh, no, I, I agree with you. How did this yep. happen? Mm-hmm. How? Than anything else. I think it will be genuinely mystifying to these guys if they don't win do, a World do Series. Do you think they've had so much success now? Oh, and I'm not. I'm not even just talking about this season. Last year was the first year in how many years they didn't win the NL West, right? And that and that was a year that they won 106 games. Um, it, it just kind of shows how dominant they've been over this this handful of years. You think Dodger fans? I mean, I, I think it's a natural thing to happen once you start being good for this long. Now, this is the one part about the Dodgers and this run that they've had. They only have one World Series. And it wasn't a regular World Series. It was a 60-game season. You didn't get a chance to experience uh, a um, a parade. Like, it, it wasn't your normal World Series. 
And that's just that's the circumstance. There's yeah. nothing you could do about it. But you think fans kind of start reaching a point where you're taking this for granted? It's so okay. It's so unique. What's ha- this? Does not happen often in sports. Now I'm not saying that they're the Golden State Warriors and they won four championships in eight years. That you're cashing them in a lot more than the Dodgers have. But doesn't it? Sometimes it feels like there's just this expectation. Yeah, they're just going to go win the division again, which is so difficult to do in baseball in general. But the expectations are there based upon what the front office has done and ownership has done. Yeah, I think they're. I think fans do expect it. They should. I mean, forget how good this mm-hmm. team has been this year, how good they were last year, how good they've been over the decade. Like, they own that division. They own the NL West. And I thought it was really significant over last weekend when they had that first series at Dodger Stadium against the new-look Padres. You know, and the Padres, you know this, Alan, you're from San Diego. Yep. The Padres have been, at best, the insecure little brothers to the Dodgers for quite some time. No question about it. Like, they they have come nowhere. Cl- I mean, the Giants have given them serious runs for their money. The Giants have won more World Series recently than the Dodgers, whatever. And it's an established franchise. Right. It's one that has won before. It's right. one, You know, and, and San Diego is in such a different conversation when it comes to that. But I think it's interesting what you're saying because – you actually thought that was incredibly significant. You thought you thought the series against the Padres was significant. I want to do this. When we come back, give some of your reasons towards that because it happened so quick. And before you know it, they were outscored 20-4. to four. And are the Padres the biggest threat to the Dodgers? We had that conversation for 24 hours, 48 hours. And then so quick was over. I want to get your your thoughts on why you thought it was so significant. Significant. Plus, uh, Carlos Correa was in front of Dodger fans yesterday, but this time rocking uh, Minnesota Twins jersey, and you could tell that whatever he's done in the past is going to continue to follow him. Obviously, Dodger fans haven't forgot about it. We'll talk about that as well. Coming up next, stay right here. Travis and Sleeve Show, seven ten ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, make sure you keep tuning in. we got one more giveaway to, uh, to, to make sure that we give out for the Harris Resort SoCal broadcast coming up on Friday. Uh, Travis and I will be out there, so we'll, we'll be giving that away soon. Um, Okay, do you uh, do you go for jogs? Do you work out? Do you run? Do you do anything? I can't do just regular running, like regular jogging, because yep. my knees are too bad. They can't handle the impact of the pavement. 
what I do, and I recently just set up a mini trampoline in my garage for this. Okay. I do running on a trampoline. And basically, I'm like... Just takes out all the pressure on the knees? Yeah, yeah. I'm like jogging in place, and hopefully at a good pace. You know, it gets a fair amount of steps in there. So you have one of the full-size trampolines in there with the netting? Not in my garage. <laughs> Not in my garage. And your head almost hits the top every time. I got one of those outside, okay. although I think I'm going to have to take it apart. We just moved, and I... I misjudged uh, the grass space in the Is backyard. Is this the four-acre place that you bought in yeah. Beverly Hills? Well, it's, it's my second home. Mm-hmm. Did you wait for the interest rates to go up on purpose? Because yeah. you're like, I'd rather pay something a little bit higher. I mean, what what's the point of buying an estate, Alan, if you can't impress people by how much you paid? Like the the first. Why off- do it then? Right. I mean, they sent their first offer in, and my counter was too low. Raise it up, man. What is this? And then I dropped I dropped all cash yep. in a suitcase. Yep. I said, count it. I wish they still did that, by the way. I always heard those stories growing up. It's like, yeah, he went and got a car, and he pulled into a Ford dealership, and he just had a suitcase full of cash. Mm-hmm. Now if you try that, what are you doing? What are you doing? There's an interest rate is 1.99. Or where'd you get the money from, too? Right. And the car is not seventeen thousand. Okay. <laughs> Prices have changed. Yes, and it's a used Ford Ranger ninety eight. Um, the reason why I'm asking. So I, I went yesterday. Just went for a jog, right? Just a nice light jog, mm-hmm. and I'm talking a pace that was not fast at all. A little pathetic actually at times. <laughs> um, and I got the dog with me, and we're going. And actually, I don't usually take him with me for jogs. Just recently, I'm like, let me try this thing out. You can't keep up with him. No, you know what happens. He wants to pee everywhere. Yes. Okay? Yes. So he's basically in his mind like, we should stop here. I'm like, we've been running for .4 miles. <laughs> we are not stopping here. Or he thinks in the beginning that he's going to grab the rope or grab the leash, right? And he wants to bite it. I'm like, bro, we're going on a run. Act professional. That's what I'm trying to tell him. But then eventually you kind of start going, and now he's like, okay, tongue is hanging out. He's, he's now knowing we're going for a run. I woke up this morning. As if I just tried to, like I was in the Navy SEALs or something. My legs are demolished. It's brutal. If you haven't done it in a while, man, it's going to hit you hard. Knees, I'm okay. And I know, like, my right knee will kind of get tied away. But for the most part, I'm okay. It's the hamstrings. My legs are like, what what are you doing? Why are we doing this? Yeah, I don't have an answer for that. I can't do it. Like, I, I had knee surgery on my left knee years ago. You know, it's fine, but you you can still feel it yeah. when you do strenuous activities. I've had Osgood Schlaughter's in both knees. I'll start getting shin splints from it. Like I just can't do it. Interesting. Trampoline what? in the garage yeah. there. Okay. Yeah, well I've I've got one of those mini trampolines. It's probably like two to three feet around. I mean it's really meant for just running. Like when I set it up the instructions, like you know, because now again we we live in a different age than when you used to be able to throw people over the walls at a roller sure, rink. Like sure. yep everyone's we're in that we're in a society now right and everybody is safeguarding against lawsuits as you open up the instruction manual to put this trampoline together (laughs) it lets you know no flips on this trampoline don't do flips on it i don't think it unless you can do a standing flip and land in the exact same spot as you took off it's impossible to do a flip on this thing yeah no they nobody's got that to worry about so you by the way if you know anybody who needs a 10 foot 
around trampoline, trampoline. with the netting. Yep. Pass them along my number. I may have to sell it. Um, give your phone number out and then we'll <laughs> give it away on the air. Yeah, call me at the That's movies. what we should start doing. Like anytime the station doesn't have giveaways, <laughs> just... we should just give away stuff that we have just to kind of keep this thing rolling, right? Like I could come to the station and be like, hey, Tommy, great news, man. Not using this microwave anymore. <laughs> Eight seven 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 ten ESPN caller number nine when Slee was microwave. Okay, my wife is part of a Facebook group called Buy Nothing, okay. which is it's a bunch of different people who they have stuff they're looking to get rid of, and you know they could donate it, they could sell it, yeah. But it's a group of people saying, "Hey, I have this thing. If you want it, this is my address. Come pick it up whenever." It's we would essentially be doing the giveaway version of the buy nothing That's right somebody's calling and i'm not sure if they want the microwave just fyi <laughs> i don't actually have a I microwave actually <laughs> i actually do have a leftover microwave all right well funch can figure out what that call is and if he wants to pitch us we'll we'll give him andy's uh microwave so that I, i've used it as well there's offer up offer up i'm i'm with you i'm not trying to like if i'm if i'm trying to get rid of an item and it's going to be more of a headache. You have an old bed or an old match or something like that. And it's, it's, a, it's a headache to get rid of these. Where the hell do I go? you got to find a dump, this mm-hmm. and that. Even though people just have decided in our society in Los Angeles to just go ahead and take that mattress <laughs> yes. and place it next to a neighborhood or mm-hmm. however they want to do it. Um, but I'm with you that it's the, hey, if you want to come pick up this item, it is yours. That's actually yeah. a good way of going. Yeah. Okay, g- give, me the, uh, give me your case on... Can't tell. Got a call on the line. I once had microwave or trampoline. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Dylan uh, from Mission Viejo. Dylan from Mission Viejo. You're on the Travis and Sue show. I just want you to know, Dylan, we have a lot of people vying for that trampoline, the 10 foot, the 10. Uh, I don't know the dimensions AK it's, does. Uh, it's either an 8 foot or 10 foot trampoline. It's got So netting. you kind of have to sell us on, on this trampoline. We're not just giving it away to the first caller. <laughs> I, I think I think I can sell you guys a little bit. So I got two little girls. I got a, a three-year-old whose birthday is on the 30th this month, and I got a two-year-old and uh, would love to be able to give her a, a nice big trampoline for her birthday. She does do some uh, gymnastic class right now, and she absolutely loves it. So it's not for me. It's for them. Oh, wow. You, you really went that's at the emotional pitch. heartstrings, that's didn't you? That's a good you? pitch, buddy. That's, that's you know what he does? If this was like a PowerPoint presentation, the first picture of his of, uh, is of his family. Well, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's Dirty Pool by Dylan. I mean, like, really, like, Dylan went straight for the jugular. Yep. Brought in small children. Mm-hmm. One of them's three years old, has a birthday coming up, gymnastics classes. Yeah. Okay, Dylan, here's the, my next question for you in terms of winning this thing. Winning this this trampoline giveaway, um, which by the way I've been planning on selling. We might have to talk a little bit about this. I, I had never volunteered to give it away. Can you? Are you capable of taking this trampoline fully assembled? Because I'm not sure I know how to disassemble it. Like, are you capable either with a truck or a yeah. U-Haul, something like that? Can you take this thing off my premises? You might need a motorhome. Yes. To get this thing in. Because I don't know, I don't remember how to disassemble it. I, I, could, uh, I could figure it out. I think I'm, I'm, I'm capable enough to uh, find a solution. Okay. Now, Dylan, you have to answer this honestly. Are you a weirdo? Because you would be knowing where I live if we go through with this thing. Are you, are you a weirdo? I, I would say no. I, I, I think I'm uh, just, just a listener who uh, 
heard about a trampoline and maybe a possibly a free microwave and I'll take whatever I can <laughs> right, get. Look, look, Dylan, we we might have to throw a little bit of bucks behind this. I mean, come on. Like I'm I'm giving you away, I'm giving you now a trampoline you're throwing in the microwave before I know it you're casing my garage. You know, you should start like a we should have <laughs> kind of like a little auction here. Just my stuff. Auction. Yeah, just <laughs> Andy's stuff, and you know, for all I know, the microwave right now the market value could be twenty dollars. And by the time we're done, where by the time we're done with this segment, maybe it goes for forty. I don't even know the numbers here. I don't know the current value for a for a microwave. Okay, right I'll now. say this: I bought the trampoline. You could look it up if you wanted to. I bought it at Dick's to be shipped to me during the pandemic. It actually yeah. was for my daughter as a birthday gift. Um, so there's sentiment behind it too, which might be why I charged Dylan a little bit. But the retail I'm price. You, I'm going to let you and Dylan figure this the, out. I, I think, <laughs> listen, Funch, write down Dylan's phone number. Yeah, write down Dylan's info. I may actually let these hit Dylan two up kind of connect from there. But and uh, they could the retail price of this trampoline when yeah. I bought it with shipping and yep. all that was about 250 Sure, but that was before inflation. It was before, yeah. I, and before, there's some bird crap on it. I got to clean. But either way, Dylan, I, I'll, I'll hit you up with this. I, I love that. You and Dylan, when the show ends, we'll have a just a real negotiation. It we should might. be live streamed. <laughs> Again, Dylan, you're not a weirdo, right? This was like a virtual garage sale, possibly. Yeah, so, right. you know, I thought I'd, you know, I'd give it my shot. All right. We'll, Appreciate we'll... you calling in, Dylan. And okay. thank you for listening. But and, and I really mean it. Funches will take down his phone number. Yeah, no, for real. Take it down. Take it down. All right. I'll stream live sports and original content with ESPN Plus today. You get access to the award-winning 30 for 30 library. Unrivaled UFC access, including exclusive pay-per-views. Live coverage of 35 PGA Tour events each year. Tons of college sports, including Coast to Coast College Hoops. Get the ESPN Plus and Disney Plus bundle today. Stream anytime, anywhere. Go to ESPNLABundle.com to learn more. Make your case here real quick on the why you thought the Dodgers are doing what they're doing, but you thought that series against the Padres probably didn't just send a message to the Padres. It sent a message to, uh, you could say, everyone in Major League Baseball that they're the team to reckon with. What what, what was kind of what did you walk away with after that? There was a lot of hype, understandably, sure, justifiably, yeah, towards the Padres after they won the sweepstakes with Juan Soto. You know, that that is the biggest is arguably the biggest deadline deal in baseball history. And they got Josh Bell on top of it, too. And the Pater. Right. And and the Padres are clearly looking to make a move. They've talked before about how they wanted to get into the Scherzer Trey Turner sweepstakes, thought they had a real shot at it. And then the Dodgers ended up getting both of them. So they lose it and they lose that to a rival. And this was the Padres looking to make a statement about themselves and where they were and that they could be setting up a rivalry for years to come with the Dodgers and that they are no longer the mocked little brothers. And to be clear, one series doesn't mean everything. Yeah, I think they still play nine games against each other. Right, and it certainly doesn't mean anything in a potential playoff series. Mm Mm-hmm. But for the time being, the Dodgers sent a very emphatic message back, which was, you ain't us. You ain't us yet. We're not saying you're not good, mm-hmm. but you ain't us. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it kind of it, it makes me think, as we were kind of going through this and, and we're talking about how great the Dodgers are playing and everything else, they're doing it to everybody. So, I mean, if you're if you're a team like the Padres, just using the Padres as an example, only because they're a team in the division that – uh, did make a big move before the trade deadline.
But if you're the Atlanta Braves right now, you're looking at the Dodgers like, okay, yeah, that's that's definitely the team. If you're the Philadelphia Phillies, the St. Louis Cardinals, the New York Mets, everybody's got to be looking at the Dodgers right now, looking up and saying, I don't know how this team in a seven-game series, Now I know you're going to have a five-game set as well. The less games you play against the Dodgers, the better chance you got. But how do you beat the squad four times? How do you beat them four times? And that that's kind of what they've built here over this short period of time, or at least this season. Um, there was some news that came out yesterday on LeBron James, uh, his front office conversations and the Lakers. I thought there was an interesting piece. This was uh, um, this was yesterday, Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. I thought there was one interesting specific piece that Darvin Ham had indicated. It would be no nonsense. And if he's talking about a specific player or not, we'll do that coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. All right, are you in a funner state of mind? Because it's time for a summer Friday at Harris Resort SoCal uh, coming up this Friday, which is August 12th. Listen now to win first-class Harris experience with Travis and me. Um, let me throw out the phone number here real quick. If you're free this Friday and you want to come hang out with Travis and I, we're going to broadcast live from Harris Resort SoCal. We're giving out a prize. This is the final prize that we have to give away. One night stay at Harris SoCal for you and a guest. $100 resort credit. Lunch with the crew. Show your skills at the Top Golf Swing Suite. And we'll do a live Ask Lee. Uh, plus, you can enjoy Harris Resort SoCal Paradise Poolside and California's award-winning trifecta of pools and California's first and the nation's largest Hell Kitchen location opening up this Friday as well. This is how you win. Call in right now. Be caller number 7, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. Uh, time this one right. Come hang out with Travis and I. Stay right here. Travis and Sleeva Show, 710-ESPN. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive, progressive Commercial Insurance protects small businesses with affordable coverage options. Quote today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. You know, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I've, I've been to a game yet at Dodger Stadium this year. And it, it feels like, first off, it feels like every time they play, there is a vibe that's there. You're watching just such great, great talent on a night-in, night-out basis. And the way they have been playing, not just the nine-game winning streak, but what what are they, 40-something games over 500? I mean, just a ridiculous winning percentage. Um, but it's always a great vibe at Dodger Stadium. I'm trying to figure out what time to get there, all that other stuff. Just, figure it out 5:30 oh, is that way too early it's fun to watch at 5:30 no actually i might get there a little bit earlier mm -hmm. i'd rather be there too early figuring out a way to kill time than sitting in the line to get so in wednesday there. you think wednesday would be that bad could be yeah could be. i mean look man they're a hot team right now mm -hmm. they're really fun to watch play and dodgers always draw even when they're awful the yep. dodgers draw yep so I I would get there early and kill some time rather than spend that time sitting just in your car inching towards a parking spot. Okay, I want to read something, and we got into LBJ a little bit earlier. Um, I want to read something from this piece that Chris Haynes had in Yahoo Sports, and, and you tell me who you think he's talking about. And, and, uh, and this is coming from uh, – I'm going to just read this piece here because I, I want to give the full story to it. Ham was hired to replace Frank Vogel, obviously Dar mm -hmm. Darvin Ham, agreed with James, reiterated that his main objectives are to hold everyone accountable and foster an atmosphere of selflessness. 
um, went on to say, voiced that defensive tenacity needs to be picked up across the roster and also indicated that he won't hesitate to move players into new roles or out of the lineup if they don't buy into the new strategy. I'm not trying to make a story out of nothing. There's a lot of new players on this team. A lot of those vets that were there last year are no no longer a part of the roster. I don't really think you're going to get too many of... I don't think Wenyan Gabriel and Stanley Johnson are not going to be hustling. I don't think that... Um, I don't think that, you know, go down the list of the roster, Lonnie Walker, Damian Jones, Thomas Bryant. I think there's a lot of young, young players, Juan Toscano Anderson, who's probably 29, something like that. There's going to be a lot of guys that have something to prove, trying to prolong their career in the NBA, working for a contract. Usually you get guys that the last thing you're going to worry about from these players is – complaining, um, not playing defense, not giving full hustle, effort, everything else. Does it, when you read something like that, to me, I I automatically go to Russ. Fair or not fair? I mean, LeBron James, there were plenty of times last year, you and I would be watching a game and I'm like, "Uh, hey, Bron, want to get back on defense every once in a while? You know, there's the other side of the floor or stop complaining at the referee. And maybe just as the season was progressing, and you just knew there was really no hope. That's that became more and more common. You think he's talking about Russ here? You think this is what? When I say, do you think he's talking about Russ? Do you think of Russ the way I do when you read that? I think half. <clears throat> excuse me. I think half of it is absolutely du- directed at Russ, or it feels like subtweeting Russ specifically. The part where Haynes wrote, players would have to play new roles, and if he sensed reluctance, he wouldn't hesitate to remove them from the game. Other than maybe Lonnie Walker, in terms of him having always been a super offense-first guy, fairly high usage even for a bench player, and I imagine there's going to be some adjustment that Walker is going to need to do. And if there's any lack of buy-in from a guy like him who's young, trying to establish himself in the league, I th- you'd be I- sitting on the sidelines, right? Yeah. I think that part of it was really about Russ more than anybody else of note. I would say, though, the part about defensive tenacity needs to be picked up across the roster. Yep. With the possible exception of Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. I think that was about everybody. And like you said, that includes LeBron. Sure. And I think one of the really interesting pieces, because there, there's a lot, I think people should read this uh, article from Chris Haynes. You know, he is as plugged in an NBA reporter as there is. But the idea that the offense would be run through Anthony Davis. That in and of itself, like what that's going to look like in terms of execution, stuff like that, is fascinating to predict and remains to be seen. But one of the byproducts of that could be, depending on what it looks like, LeBron having, theoretically, more energy that he could expend on the other side of the ball. Mm. And it's important that I recognize LeBron is entering year 19. He's 38 He has unprecedented mileage, unprecedented responsibilities. Like, nobody has done what LeBron has done before at this stage of his career in the history of the game. So it is understandable. Still doing it successfully. Yeah. So it's understandable when, at times, the intensity is not there for LeBron defensively. Like, there, it is understandable. But there's still an effect from it. 
you still have to account for it, even if you think it's understandable. And for a guy that is on the court as much as LeBron, yep. that can create problems. So how Darvin Ham goes about, A, holding LeBron appropriately mm-hmm. accountable defensively or goes about scheming in ways that can offset where LeBron is in his career right now, maybe not be, being able to do it consistently on both ends, how do you cover for that? Either way, it's going to be really – I think it's going to be fascinating to watch, but if you want to have that type of defensive intensity on this team – there's a baseline that has to come from LeBron yeah. because he's the leader of the team. And people are going to take cues from him. Travis and I were talking about this yesterday. We actually were talking about it off air. We're going to bring it up today. And just to be honest, forgot to do it. We were trying to kind of gauge the, you know, Rams season is coming up. And there is an excitement if you're a Rams fan. You're coming off a Super Bowl. Um, you know that you have a good team. You know that the team's going to be competitive. The schedule is awesome. And you could look at it one of two ways. You could say, geez, that's a really tough schedule. You could say, there's going to be some really good games this season. The Dodgers speaks for itself, right? They're doing what they're doing. You, you Like you just said, get there early on a Wednesday against the Minnesota Twins because it's Dodgers and it's Dodgers Stadium, and, and there's going to be a lot of fans there. SC, I don't have to talk about the excitement that I think is associated with Lincoln Riley and, and, and USC. And we're saying it's like, is there excitement right now around the upcoming Lakers season. Listen, we, we know how the Lakers dominate this city. Dominate, and by the way, it's not just there are Laker fans everywhere. Go to a Lakers-Suns game. Oh, I like Laker fans there. Go to a Laker-Warrior game. Even what the Warriors are doing, there's a lot of Laker fans there. Usually, and maybe because we still got a couple months left to go before you actually get into preseason and everything else, but I don't really feel this excitement. And I say that because how bad last year went and honestly, I, I go back to this. I think because Russ is still on the roster, and there, you know, if you flipped Russ and you got Kyrie, obviously now you got something different. Even if you flipped Russ and you ended up with Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, you feel like you're going to see something different. Do you agree with me that it doesn't feel like there's? Do you think a lot of Laker fans are excited about this upcoming season, or you think this? Let's just wait and see what happens. Well, I'm engaging from reaction on the Locked On Lakers YouTube page. Uh, we get Which a lot of Monday commentary. Through Friday. Yeah, and it shows that uh, my brother Brian and I do Monday through Friday. You can part of the Locked On Network. Uh, you can get the podcast anywhere that you get your podcast. Never behind a paywall. Always free. Yes. I feel like fans see so far the off season is unsettled. Like what you're talking about with Russ. Like Russ is this cloud hanging over them, whether you're talking about him potentially getting traded, when is that going to happen, for who, you know, how much do the Lakers give up in the process, does the trade actually make them somewhat better, sure. closer to real contention, all that stuff. Or if he stays, can you actually make this work? Can Darvin Ham get through to Russ and make him play in certain ways that work better for the rest of this roster and also where Russ is at this stage of his career. Is Russ actually capable of doing some of the things that you want from him? Like Russ right now is being asked to play not totally like a role player, but closer to a role player. Russell Westbrook has never been a role player in his professional career, maybe his entire time playing basketball. It's a big adjustment. There are certain things that you look for from a role player, like 3 and D. Russ can improve his defense. 
but it's never going to be top end. It just isn't going to be. I guarantee you Russell Westbrook practices his three-point shot. Mm -hmm. He's decent from the corners. And this piece talked about how they're looking to have him Hopefully take have more corner uptick, three. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, if you look up his numbers, his numbers from the corners are actually the last couple seasons pretty good. They're certainly good enough. But he, Russ is never going to be a great three-point shooter. Sure. No matter how And much. if you're a defense, you take your chances. You're like, okay, AD in the block or let Russ shoot from the corner. Right, exactly. So there's just – there's a lot of uncertainty that I think just tempers the excitement on top of the fact that other than a championship, the LeBron era has been pretty underwhelming. Mm. And it's been weird. The LeBron era has been a weird era for the Lakers beyond the ups and downs of it all. Sure. It's just been strange. No, it ha- I mean, listen, and I, by the way, I think you saying that the incomplete portion of it, is a, that's a good way of putting it because usually – you're either coming back with the same team and you feel like, you know, Denver has something to cheer for because they got healthy. Yeah. The Clippers probably have a lot of optimism going into this year. The Warriors are the defending champs. Phoenix, you know that you're going to be able to at least put up a good fight. Just don't get into game seven against Luka and the Dallas Mavericks. Like there's a lot of teams out there that have something to look forward to. I think because the Lakers, it's the incomplete factor, but I will tell you, if this is the roster, they're going into training camp, I don't think there's going to be that many people excited unless you give them something to be excited about, and that will only happen as the season progresses. You said about the LeBron era. First year, they don't make the playoffs, but there's a buzz about having LeBron with the Lakers. Second year, you know, COVID obviously stops everything. And Anthony Davis and LeBron James carry the Lakers to a championship, and there's no parade and nothing else. And you're playing in a con- you're playing basically in a in a hall at a hotel, a ballroom. Okay. After that, what have you had to be excited about? You're out in the first round. AD gets hurt. You don't make the playoffs. Just 16 games below 500. AD plays less after than taking half of the a games. massive swing on a deal that most people thought was at best dicey, at worst. The hell are you people thinking? Yeah. Yeah, and 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 then we stand here today with really kind of figuring out what the front office well, is. Well, now do. they're really they're trying to unwind what you did a year ago. last offseason yeah. and that to me, this is something I said a lot was going to be the biggest issue with trading for Russ. It's not even does Russ fit with the team in terms of skill set, in terms of mindset, all of that stuff. The biggest risk with all of it was if this doesn't work, how do you get rid of him? It's going to be damn near impossible to unwind. All right, we got uh, uh, the dump coming up next, plus Super Crosstalk. Stay right here, Travis and Sleeva, 710 ESPN. All right, so let's start off with this. We got sort of an update here on, uh, on KD, Kevin Durant. Funch, so according to this is SNY's and Bagley. Mm-hmm. KD would view Boston as a desired landing spot and wants to play with Marcus Smart. It's funny, over the last month plus, really since the start of free agency, we've been talking about KD and there's been no action. I remember at one point the offer was, whatever, you got the reports out there, that it was Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and then you got to have draft compensation, and maybe Robert Williams the third was included. It was- well, no, actually, if memory serves, it was originally Jalen Brown, Derek White, draft compensation and the nets wanted marcus smart that's instead. what i'm saying that's right that's right that that it was something along those lines and it makes me kind of think in this report 
it's more KD saying, yeah, you know, I want to go to Boston, but I want to make sure that I'm just replacing Jalen Brown. And they got Tatum, they got myself, right. they got Marcus Smart, and they got these other It's like when players. Kobe years ago mm-hmm. demanded the trade, and it was really made complicated because he had a no-trade clause. Yep. So essentially every team was negotiating with both the Lakers and Kobe because he could nix any deal. Yep. He didn't end up in Chicago because he wanted to be with Lou Aldang. Right. And – the Lakers aren't going to trade Kobe without getting Dang because at the time he was far and away Chicago's best player. So that took Chicago off the board because the Lakers like, we can't do this without getting Dang. Kobe's like, I'm not going to Chicago unless I get to play with Dang. This is what makes big-time trades like this, this type of player, so complicated. If you're the on the other side, you're the Nets, you're like, hey, if I'm giving up KD, let me fleece the other team. Well... You can't fleece the Boston Celtics who think we're – if we find a way to make this happen and we give away two of our key starters, I'm not telling you that KD is not an upgrade, but KD is one player that does a few things unbelievably great. But you also want to make sure you have some other pieces left that you could still – Well, here's the thing, too. Like, if you trade, let's say – That's why it's tougher than to trade with Boston. Well, if you trade Jalen Brown – Yep and Marcus Smart, mm-hmm. and let's say either like Derek White or Grant Williams, something like that, you're depleting your depth, but also you become a much different team like defensively, for example. Sure, like sure. Your identity is going to change dramatically beyond just what happens when you bring in Kevin Durant. The other thing that I find really interesting about this, if Boston becomes that landing spot, and it seems like with every, with every rumor that's linked Boston to Durant mm-hmm. – Jalen Brown is the centerpiece going over to Brooklyn. Yep. I don't know. If that happens, I wonder if that actually increases the likelihood of Kyrie staying. Because at that point, you have a competitive team, like a really competitive team. If you've got Jalen Brown and all of Brooklyn's supporting cast and Kyrie Irving and Ben Ben Simmons, Simmons, that's a really good team. And Kyrie, I think no matter where he plays – is going to be on his absolute best behavior because, because one his more, final year of his contract. Yeah, well, yeah. with everything that's happened leading up till now, if mm-hmm. he does a repeat of last year, his free agency is going to be disappointing. Like it, it's really interesting, like how for a while we kept hearing that the Nets were going to be looking for just young players and tons of draft capital. Boston has become a scenario, and and if that happened, by the way, you can picture why they would then move. Kyrie for more draft picks if they end up getting Jalen Brown and a couple good pieces from Boston they stay competitive I wonder if that actually increases the likelihood of Kyrie staying with the Nets how are you with spice love spice love it so let's say you go to a restaurant um I think Indian restaurants do this right well they'll say okay what's your spice level Mm -hmm. at a 10 yep what are you usually getting usually about a seven or an eight that's spicy I like spice I like heat do you like it as much as this San Diego man who just got into the Guinness Book of World Records for eating the most ghost chili peppers in one minute? Gregory Foster ate 17. Not that Gregory Foster. <laughs> no, not that one. Uh, ate 17 chili peppers in one minute. These uh, peppers, I don't know if you know, that one million, the Scoville heat units or whatever mm-hmm. that's called. So one million Scoville heat units. Um I don't know if you've ever kind of seen this or watched it. Actually, we did this. Travis and I tried doing this. Howlin' Rays, which is an 
unbelievable, fantastic yeah. chicken sandwich, as good as it the gets. Best. One of the Nashville, you know, kind of the Nashville chicken. Holland Ray's is legit. So we got what was the hottest one. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding when I tell you this. You feel it for a couple of days. I mean, it was delicious, that whole thing, but you literally feel it in your body for a couple of days. It takes a couple of days for you to come back. Okay, this is my totally unscientific theory okay. for a potential cheat code with this guy, Greg Foster, eating 17 of those peppers. Oh, you're already, because, already not, you don't think this is legit? Well, no, no, it's not even legit. It's legit what he did. I'm just saying the cheat code for being able to eat 17 of them because these are insanely hot. I have a feeling that once you get one down your gullet, the heat index is so through the roof, that you the might as well eat another even... 16. Like, you're not going to actually feel the difference once you start eating more because your throat, your mouth, all of that is so on fire. What's another one? Then another one. Then another Mace. one. You can just power Bring through it. Bring it on! How do you do with heat? I do really well. Really? I like I like really, really spicy food. Um, so and I, I don't have a lot of, like, I inherited it. My mom eats super hot stuff. I eat super hot stuff. It's sort of a family thing. And we ate, you know, red hot peppers, uh, banana peppers all the time when I was growing up. I think my mom even grew them uh, in the backyard garden. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the ghost pepper thing, I don't, I don't know. There's a difference between having 16 of them in your gullet and one. Can I, you imagine how he's feeling I right just now? think if you're looking to power through in a minute. Yeah, that's the cheat. He had code. sixteen ghost peppers, seventeen, seventeen, total. seventeen, 17 ghost total. peppers in one. Minute I just feel like it's World going Record. to be so hot. All you have to do is ride it out for another forty seconds. Now, are they the host- hottest peppers? Yeah, I don't think are you, ghost peppers the I hottest. Think I think they are. This particular was like what a about Carolina, Carolina, Carolina Reaper. Reaper. I Carolina, thought Carolina that was this particular Reaper pepper hot. is one of the hottest in the world. I just read about. Okay, this. got it. These things look evil too. The peppers look evil. I mean. How does that not look like that? Is oh, no, no, that's actually scary. Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, that's wow. Like, that's like that is that the from the gates of hell. Literally. from. The no, gates it of looks hell. like a shriveled devil. Yeah, yes. it does. Shriveled up devil. It's a good way to describe Ooh. it. All right. We got a uh, super crosswalk. Woo, woo, woo.